0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker podcast. This is the latest Glorious Goodwood preview podcast. This is the Friday pod. We preview Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday already. Uh, Probably not much point listening to Tuesdays back, given that we are recording this at midday on Wednesday, just before racing starts on Wednesday. Uh, But if you haven't heard Thursdays yet and Thursday racing hasn't happened, then please do find that on all podcast platforms and on our YouTube page, I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined, as ever, by odd Checkers' very own tipster, Andy Holding. Andy, busy week for you with Goodwood and Galway. How's it started? Yeah, fairly well. i would give myself probably a six or seven out of ten.
1: Um, Goodwood, early days yet. i um, just had the one day. Um, I wouldn't say a couple of near misses. Uh, a couple of my selections didn't run up to scratch. Claire was a bit disappointing in the Phillies race. But um, Galway's been a bit better. Um, I had a strong view on a horse called Champa-Lise yesterday. Johnny Merton's horse backed him from... Five to one into sort of two to one and, and got the job done in devastating fashion. Um, had a nice win on the first day. I, I, I can't remember what it was now, but it, it was a decent. <laughs> win. It was a decent winner anyway. So many winners, Andy. Lots of horses that um, have, have, have run well without winning. So Galway at the moment is definitely uh, my favourite track over Goodwood, but uh, for
0: this um, podcast purposes, we hope that changes. Fingers crossed, we can reverse the form. Uh, let's say um before we get into the racing as ever just want to point you in the direction of the odds checker app the best place for all the best prices the best bookie offers free bets and the very best tipsters as well including the man i am on a zoom or skype call with at the moment let's get into friday's racing as i mentioned it is midday on wednesday when we are recording this so 48 hour final decks are in the market's are kind of reforming as we're going so so do bear with us and and I'm afraid obviously these these prices once the final um runners are in can be pretty volatiles but fingers crossed the the value that Andy sniffs out will still be there by the time you can digest what he's saying uh the 110 which is the handicap the uh just over a mile and 3 furlongs the 110 isn't priced up yet neither of the last two races of the day uh, but we'll touch upon them as we have done in the other in the other um, podcasts and videos, just to see if there are any final, you know, any of the horses that will be running who catch Andy's eye and who you can look out for a price for when they do open up. So Andy, in that first race, the 110, any that you're going to be keenly looking out for? Well, William Haggis is a past master at getting these uh, potential group horses in
1: waiting handicapped. Mm-hmm. Um, what he tends to do, run them in maidens, and then he runs them in novice races in very small events. He takes them up north. He he runs a lot of horses in the north, and and they pot hunt, and they win at odds on. And and even when they've got a handicap mark of, let's say, in the mid-70s, he goes and runs them in those races, knowing that the handicapper can't do a great deal with them, even if they win. And he knows that a lot of horses in behind them aren't looking necessarily to be getting anywhere near him, Mm. so they're not going to affect his mark. So he's very, very cute at this. And he's got a horse, Al Kaka, who on debut, finished fourth behind Kinross in that maiden that everyone uh, was eulogising about. Obviously, Kinross himself has gone on to run well in group company this season and many others down the line, including Vatican City, ran in that particular race. And this lad finished fourth. So, straight away, he's probably thinking, oh, I've got a group horse here. Yeah. And he very much campaigned him in that way that, as mentioned, uh, William Haggis does, running him in novice stroke maiden events. Um, a novice event last time at, at Newmarket. Only a four or five runner field, but he did it really well in uh, he, even though it was only a, a small field, he clocked a very fast time. Um, so he's obviously got a very good engine. He's a big striking, imposing pot cult that I think will get better in time. He's got a mark of 88. So the handicapper did actually adjust his mark because that would have no new market, but not by the amount that you'd think would stop him winning off 88. Um, and he looks, like I said, dare I say, a pattern race performer in the making. So I think if you're one of the other connections, you've got to feel as though you've got some serious amount of um, poundage in hand to be beating a horse like that uh, in a race of this nature so I, I'd imagine he'd
0: be chalked up favourite as well So one to look out for Al Kaka Andy's favourite on, on his tissue have a look maybe the bookies will disagree and you can snaffle some value when the uh, betting opens up probably around five o'clock on Thursday evening normally um, about that time the day before on now to the, the main stuff the stuff which we do our prices for and we can preview in a little bit more depth as I say we're recording this um, just after midday. So uh, the prices are kind of coming coming in thick and fast. But at the moment, in the uh, we've got the St. Clair Oak Tree Stakes, uh, the Phillies race, Phillies and Mare's race over seven furlongs. And One Master is the two-to-one favourite. That is with William Hill. Uh, breathtaking look, second favourite at six-to-one. Uh, Altheca, eight-to-one. Valeria, Valeria uh, Messalina, nine-to-one. Fourteen-to-one. Bar. Uh, at the moment, 13 run here. Andy, which ones do you fancy at the prices?
1: Well, there's no doubt that one master's the right favourite. I mean, she's a group one um, mare on her day. as um, She proved when she won at um, Longsham last season. Um, and then she finished second scores, done one to triumphant when she was heavily backed. Uh, in the, When dropping back down in trips, she's probably best at seven furlongs. They have tried her over a mile. They, they tried her in the farm, the Stakes, didn't they? going uh a bit and, and Nazif. Mm. Ideally, I think a well-run seven furlongs with ease in the ground is our absolute optimum. So the only question mark I would have with her regarding her chance at a short price would be if the weather continues to dry out as the week progresses. If the race was today and Wednesday as we speak, good to soft in places would be absolutely fine for her. I'd make a, a very strong bet at the price. but. You know it could easily dry out to sort of good good to firming places come Friday if that weather forecast is correct. I'm sure you Dan in London, Georgia, mm. uh, you know, topping up on your sun suntan cream in the in the next few days. because <laughs> on the golf course to, on Friday. Well I, I should um put a put a put a hat on or a sombrero on just in case because it's gonna <laughs> be sort of, it's gonna be sort of thirty uh thirty odd degrees. Um and that would be my only concern. Look, ability wise she she's head and shoulders above this lot. Um I think Athika is definitely one to mention. Uh, she won't mind the ground if it does dry out. But she was a good winner at Dover last time out. Her form ties in with uh, quite a few of these. Um, I think she's definitely up to the standard of a sort of listed pattern race. She was third behind Under the Stars the time before in a similar event. And uh, she's bagged a decent draw as well in stall seven. Uh, incidentally, one master's gone and drawn stall one, which is obviously very favourable for her. But I think if you're looking for an each-way alternative beyond the fav, if it does dry out, then maybe Athika... Uh, ticks that particular box
0: so 2-1 to one, one master uh, the rightful favorite according to Andy but worth keeping an eye on that weather I wouldn't keep an eye out for me playing golf in a sombrero uh, I don't think that's going to happen uh, big price that one but uh, I'll take your advice with the cap uh, i uh, eight to one best price at the moment uh, with bet victor so they, those are the two uh, the two pronged approach let's say for Andy there uh, on now to the 2.15, um, the Bonham Stakes, the uh, over a mile, the group three. And we have an odds-on favourite for this five-runner affair. Uh, Calusi is the four to five favourite with William Hill, already blue on odds checker. So I think they must have opened up a little bit bigger. Somebody has been waiting to pounce and schnappled that that five to six. Both Bet-Victor and Unibet go eight to 13. So possibly there's still a bit of juice in that four to five. Uh, My Oberon is seven to two, second favourite. Uh, Tilsit 9-2 to 14-1 Mystery Power and 16-1 to repartee. Odds on Jolly backer or a layer Andy? Um, well I think I've got two after R2 so horses running for
1: me here so I'd probably be a layer at the price mm. um, I mean look don't get me wrong I mean it was one of the most striking winners of, of, of the entire week wasn't it? Yeah. It was a good Britannia this year I think there was lots of depth to it uh, even though we'd only got sort of one bits and piece of form line going into it uh, um, in the build-up, a lot of them have run to a fair level, and this horse is backed as if defeat was out of question. I think it went off nine to two from double-figure prices in the morning, came with a withering run up the standside rail, which arguably wasn't favoured on the day anyway, given the the, the horses where, where the horses attacked from, uh, and he absolutely striped him, didn't they? So much so the handicapper didn't miss him, put him up a whopping fifteen pounds. So handicaps are very much out of the equation now. He's gone up to 111. Uh, but you look at the horses that run out of it so far. Finest Sound, he's run well since. Cherokee Trail, Enemy, We get to see Toro strike, the fifth horse. Incidentally, a horse I've tipped on the Wednesday as we speak. He runs in the last race. al Shahi, who went on to win at Sandown. You name it, you can go all the way down the list. There's been loads of horses that run well. So the, the time figure was very good. It's one of those races where you upgrade it as a, as a group race rather than a handicap. Um, and he, he's very much the one to be because he sets a good standard on that. But from a man who does times as well, I was also very, very taken with my Oberon's win on at York the other day. Mm. Now, he's a different kettle of fish because he comes from a totally different route. He hasn't had that hard-knocking background of a big field handicap to run against. We've only seen him twice. He was very much in need of the run first time at Newmark. he be on Sunray Major. Uh, he didn't handle the dip for me that day. He was, he was rolling around a little bit, but he was looked after. And then he went to York and he was absolutely smashed up in the betting. I think he went off odds on in the end. Uh, which I thought at the time looked a strange price considering he was only fifth in a, an average maiden. But boy, oh boy, did the guys who backed him knew what they were doing. I mean, this guy <laughs> completely and utterly obliterated his field. but the turn of foot he showed from two out was staggering. And it was on the day where there's some good, good guidelines. And I got this horse running by far and away the best five furlong stroke, three furlong split. I did it from two points at York. Mm. And he was like three or four lengths or even further uh, clear of everything else on the card, including the sprinters. I thought, wow, this this lad is definitely a group horse in the making. Straight away, Haggis has thought exactly the same thing. He doesn't bother about handicaps. So for Mark 101, he's thinking, right, I've got a group horse here. I'm going to pitch him in against whoever whoever t- wants to take him on. And I think it's going to be a really good match between the two, Calusi and, and Myobera. I see they've gone seven to two, Myobera on, and at the prices, I'd, I'd I'd be more keen to have a crack at him and hope he's that level of Calusi rather than back. Colossi, we know, was already at that set standard at four
0: to five, four to six. Yeah, interesting. I mean, given a mark of 101 after a disappointing debut performance just shows the, the quality of that win at York. Um, what about Tilsit? You said he had two running for you here. Um, what do you make of Tilsit's chances for Charlie Hills? Yeah, yeah, he bumped into a good horse
1: first time out. Al Salt, we'll talk about him later on on the, on the, on the podcast. He,
0: he, he's gone the right way.
1: And I think he won by 19 lengths last time at Newcastle. Again, his two time figures have been very good. Um, and he looks classy as well. You've uh, got a rating of 98, which might even, even underestimate his quality. So the two horses who have gone down the novice stakes route, who've been hugely impressive visually and on the figures, are definitely going to give Calusian a penny to think about here. That's why I don't think this race is as straightforward as what the bookmakers have said. I'm not I'm not sure what a prepared price they'd be prepared to the lay Colusi at. But I think if I was a lay going there to the, on Friday with a normal crowd, I'd be thinking, I want to try and get this one in the hod because I've got two genuine Potential top-class performers running for me, not just any Mickey Mouse Mickey Mouse one. So, I'm I'm really fascinated by this race. You're probably thinking, well, we're not going to be talking great depth about this five and a field, but for me, this is the most exciting race on the card. Brilliant. I had to
0: double check when you said 19 lengths. I was like, I'm going to have to check that just to see if Andy's had a slip of the tongue there. And I do remember the race now as well, back yeah. in the market last month. Absolutely extraordinary. I mean, it went off four to 11, but I'm not sure even four to 11 shots are meant to win by by 19, um, and. You know, certainly listening to your reasoning there, you'd be a brave man, as good as and impressive as Calusi was. I wonder if just because Calusi was so visually impressive, that's plays into the price here. When actually, you know, that was in a handicap when, you know, quite clearly um his mark was was totally wrong coming up against two horses here who could really serve it up. So I'm I'm agreeing with you, Andy. As ever. I mean, I would never doubt you, but uh, but certainly that that price um does seem a little bit on the short side. And you can see interestingly, since we've been talking, yeah, Paddy Power have opened up. And Calusi with Calusi 11 to 10, and My Oberon 11 to 4, and Tilsit 15 to 4. So, taking a big view uh, alongside what you've said, Andy. I don't know if there's somebody in here or, or uh, <laughs> uh, listening to what you're saying, but uh, certainly that market looks like it could change a fair bit.
1: Absolutely, George. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It's a difficult one for firms to price up. They're pricing up on ratings here, aren't they? This is a classic mm. ratings price where they've, they've seen 111 against a 98 and 101. And they're thinking, well, OK, won the Britannia, everyone knows the form's good, right, odds on. But for those of who do time figures, yeah, like I say, well, I'm not even looking at the ratings here. They mean nothing. Because I know this, my Oberon and, and Tills are better than what they've already achieved. The handicapper's got to give them something, and he's given something mm. useful, but he hasn't probably gone high enough to, 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 um, to match what they're capable of perhaps in the future. That 11 to 10 will definitely get taken by whoever will look at this grid and think, Oh, he's eight to thirteen with, with Victor Chandler. I'll take the eleven <laughs> to ten. That's got to be a Rick. When in, in truth, Paddy Power are absolutely spot on here. The Ricks are the other two. Yeah, the other the other two look out of line at seven to two, nine two, respectively. And I think Paddy Power have definitely got this race chalked up. How I'd have it, I'd be more keen to lay Colosi. I certainly would not mind laying at like eight to thirteen, but they think I'll see the <laughs> eleven to ten. But you get where I'm coming from. Before yeah, I saw yeah. that price, it, that, it didn't look
0: a, a very solid odds-on shot. There you have it. So, if there are any of that seven or two and nine to two about Maribor and Tilsit are still knocking around, looks like a good way of, uh, of taking on the jolly. Uh, on now to the Golden Mile, um, over surprisingly a mile, uh, where we have uh, Montatham is the six to one favourite. Sabuska, a horse that I know um, we've spoken about a couple of times in, in the last week or so, Andy, is seven to one, prompting seven to one. Cliffs of Capri, eight to one, which you tipped up, uh, running coming in second over the weekend. Uh, card yep. sharp nine to one Vale of Kent eleven to one, as ever a, a pretty stellar field for a handicap here um Andy what we'll start with the top two in the market, two who've put in some pretty striking performances recently in Montatham and Sebaska.
1: yeah the, these these are the two that I'd, I'd concentrate on here um, I think they're going there they're already proven that they, they they could possibly be capable of running in uh, or outside of handicap company their, their forms worked out incredibly well they're well drawn well. One of them's well-drawn. The other one, not so much. Montatham, that, that probably puts a fork in his mm. chances at a 7-2. But at least we have only got 15 runners here instead of the normal 20 yard 21-22, which we've had in recent times. So, uh, you know, if Crowley can drop him in and give him a chance and come around the outside, he has got the turn of foot that might be able to get himself out of a hole. Um, but I do like Subuska. I mean, the one thing about Subuska which he's got in his favour is he's course winner, Um he, I think he won over seven furlongs here last year, so he's got plenty of tactical speed. He's winning the consolation race on the day when, uh, of course, uh, Montatham got beat by Dark Vision in, mm. in the in the, in the main race. Both of the two time figures were almost identical, the sectional, the splits. Everything about both races were almost the same, and the form of both races have worked out incredibly well. Of course, Alternative Factor's already come out and boosted the Sir Busker form. Sir Busker himself has gone on to finish second in the Bunbury Cup, over a trip in the end, ultimately, was just a little bit too short for him. But he was putting in the big yards at the end. Um, he only went down by half a length. He would have won with perhaps another 50, 100 yards. He is an archetypal miler that wants a strong pace, wants covering up and then brought with a run. Um, if he gets a clear run through, it's hard to see Sir Busker not finishing in the first three, three here. Um, he hardly ever runs a bad race. As I said, he's got track form. He won't mind the quick ground. Um, so, yeah, with Ushering on, I'd be... I'll be blasting into him if, if firms are offering four or five places on the day. Um,
0: yeah, I, th- I think he's still improving as well. So yeah, currently four places um, and best price with bet Victor seven to one uh, and, and a fifth to four uh, Mar- Sebasco, a bit bit of blue with William Hill into, into 13 to two so other people clearly agreeing. Any others to make I know, I know you said you want to focus on the top two of the market, but any others to uh, just to flag up down the list?
1: But yeah, I think you've got to give in a bit of a shout right down the bottom. I mm. mean, he's, he's got in here after a win the other day at York. He's, he's clearly improving at rapid rates of knots. Um, I think he was with um, Ollie Murphy, wasn't he, at, um, a few yeah. starts ago. But now he's gone with David Omari. He looks as though um, he, he's improved out of all recognition. The penalty he received for winning at York the day at least get, guarantees him a run and gets him in here. Um, but, um, yeah, we I don't think we've, um, you, know, had the, you know, got the, to his full capabilities yet. A lot of these are quite exposed, you know. The likes are blown by wind, bless him, Afar, Card Sharp. You know, we know where we stand with them. Even Cliffs of Capri, to a degree, who's definitely better at Ascot, we, they're not going to improve. They're just going to run their races. Whereas the ones I mentioned, Moatham, um, Subuska, and this one in particular, is still on the way up. Um, so we don't really know, like I say, where their ceiling is. Um, so you've got to mention him and double figure odds 12 to 1. Doesn't look a bad shot for him outside the front two.
0: Seven to one now, prompting Sorry. seven to one. Sorry, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That, that that's. I was I, I was looking at history really because the uh, yeah. when, when I clicked on the page and the, and the prices, the best prices are on the right hand side, they've obviously yeah, updated, yeah. Uh, courtesy of uh, one or two withdrawals.
0: Exactly, indeed. So the, the main three there. Take your pick of them: Montath and six to one, Sebastian seven to one, and Prompting seven to one. I think we can say that Andy expects the winner to come out of those three. Uh, we've had a few of these conversations recently where. They don't look like great betting heats. And it's fair to say that the same can probably be said of the Qatar stakes. They're over five furlongs where Patash is the very hot two to five favorite. Uh, Liberty Beach, 13 to two. Uh, Glass Slippers, eight to one. Ken Colt, 16 to one. Alrea, 18 to one. 25 to one to buy station and Ornate, 80 to one. Uh, We've spoken about um, the King George with uh, Enable recently. We said... It was hard to really take her on. We spoke about Stradivarius and said that you know, while Santiago provided some threat, it was hard to really take him on. Both one. Is it going to be the same story with Patash here? I'd say
1: so. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we know he's the best horse in the world, don't we? He has been for a little while. When he's on his A game, um, yes, it's 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 it's, quite, it's always possible with a horse for him, like him to run a bad one. He's, he's thrown it in before, but. There have been mitigating circumstances. You can almost see them coming. He's defeating defeat in the, in the Labbe last year. It was at the end of a hard season. It was on soft ground. But when he's fresh, and he hasn't run since 45 days, of course, when he won at Royal Ascot, the King's Stand, he, he's just a, a sight to behold. Um, he's almost like a, a cash machine, isn't he? You know, you, you can, you can, He's like Stradivarius. You might look to get him beat, but there's, a, there's always... Uh, you know, there, there's never anything really there. The only thing that'll be getting beat is himself. Yeah. Ability wise, and none of these are good enough to beat him. We know that he's proven that in the past. So, if you are going to have a little wager here, a little tickle on something, perhaps Liberty Beats looks the obvious in the without the favourite market. You might get odds against her rather than take a wild, wild price. About um, Batash, she she had a go with him in, in, in the in the king stand and, and obviously came out third best that day when two and a half lengths behind the winner. But that she didn't get beat too far, it wasn't like she got absolutely completely striped. And then it's Sandow, she traveled like the wrath of God in that. Um, uh, group 3 so She was beaten by Al Arley, but the time figure i got for that race was right up there with the best five furlong sprint races so far this season. And Al Arley went to the curry next time out and vindicated that form line by winning against the bias. He came up the stand side rail when all the action took place on the far side. So, I think Al Arley's definitely a, a contender when they go to York for the Nunthorpe, because he's mm. obviously very quick over five furlongs. And, and you'd certainly put uh, Liberty Beats in that bracket. She travelled all over him in that race, but she hit the front too soon. I think they might just ride um, um, John Quinn's filly uh, a little bit differently, i.e. give her a little bit more of a chance and drop her in and let her come through rather than try and chase Batash from the start and get her involved in the in the heat of the battle uh, that would be the only race only way they'll get a positive result out of her and I think they might just ride her to finish second thinking well we can't beat Batash but you know there's a decent amount of chunk of prize money for second, you know, it's 20 odd grand, 26 grand for second and I think if they go out and ride her with that
0: in mind then she probably might chase her favourite home Liberty Beach 13-2 to two across the board, but only seven runners. So if you're wondering why Andy isn't tipping up on each way bet here, only two places. Um, so be wary, but I'm sure on the day there will be a without Batash market. There'll probably be a Liberty Beach glass slippers match bet as well, which given the current prices will be around about pick them the two. So Liberty Beach, the one to side with, uh, but Batash, we are expecting to go in at a short price, uh, heavily odds on. Um on to the Group Three afterwards now, and the the Queen's Plate uh, run over a mile and a half. And Communicate is the nine to four favourite ahead of Desert Encounter, uh, Pablo Escobar five to one, Alunac five to one, eighteen to one. Bar it looks again just seven runners, but it looks like a race that's going to be contested between the top four. It's fair to say. Yeah,
1: this is a belter as well. Um, mm. A lot depends on how this race pans out. You've got three horses, I to my reckoning, that want to make the running communique, um, Spirit of Appian, and Pablo Escobar. Now, if they decided to change the tactics on Pablo Escobar, just give him a chance, then I, I'd, I'd, I'd think, or, or certainly think he's good enough to win this race. Because that race that he ran last time at Newbury was a sensational one. He got beat two lengths at the end, but I think he got beat by a very good horse, that global giant. Mm who ran in a good Group 3 race the time before, that included Aspatar, who, of course, won at York on Saturday. I think that form line is really good. And, um, you know, he, he, like I say, he went a real proper lick the other day at Nerby. He tried to stretch the favourite, and the favourite did really well to win that Global Giant. I think he's a horse on the up. I think he could potentially be a Group 3, Group 2 horse in time. Uh, and this horse is probably not quite that level. He's probably listed Group 3 a standard, but he has run well virtually on every start in his life he's also run well here on his two visits to goodwood he finished second on his first run beyond line of duty and then he, he he won next time out over a mile and a quarter that was when he got off the mark in a maiden um but largely speaking he's he's run his race and um because like I, I think if he just got a lead if, if if connections are, okay right well we'll just allow him give him a chance and like get a lung of longer uh, breath into his into his um sorry breath of into his lungs <laughs> then um he'd have a chance of seeing it out because I I just think trying to go from the front all the time
0: and he's just setting it up for the rest. So Pablo Escobar, five to one there. Any others? uh, What do you make of of Communique, the the favourite here? Right for Fav? Yeah, he's honest. He's
1: genuine. You know, he loves it here at Goodwood. The Johnson horse has always got to be respected. Um, You know, I thought he plugged on quite nicely the day beyond Eagles by uh, day. Um, You know, he saw off the rest. He's just in great form. He's run the time before when um, you know, he had um, some good horses behind him, behind Dane Malliot at Newmarket, suggests he's still on his A-game. And he's, he's never wants to sort of roll out as you've he He'll always give over his all, like a, a lot of the Johnson horses.
0: Um, and, and quite
1: rightly, he's, he's right there at the top of the market.
0: Anything else to add on the on the other two main players, Desert Encounter and Alunak? Well, Desert Encounter is going to be held up. He's going to be hostage to Fortune. He'll won a strongly run
1: race, which he's likely to get. He's formed times with communiqué. The one thing with Desert uh, Encounter, he'll like the ground if it dries out. It was soft the other day at Newmarket, which he didn't appreciate. Um, and Alunak, you know, that balding stab was just going a little bit quiet. That had a really mm. good start to the season. I don't know if you noticed, just not quite running as well as um, they were early on. And based on the market run behind uh, Communica, of course, beyond Dave Malliot, he, he would have a little bit to find. Of course, if the Fanny Logan form uh, resurfaces, then all oh, well and good. But... Um, the combination of having a bit of fun in that new market form and some of the balding horses not being quite as strong as they were in in the early part of uh, since lockdown, I'd probably pass him over.
0: So Pablo Escobar, the selection there at five to one. Um, again, yep. another race where looking at the odds checker app, you'll see how big the price different differences are between some. Uh, Pablo Escobar five to one with Bet Victor, but Paddy Power and uh, Betfair Sportsbook go 130. Andy, are you, are you doing prices for Paddies? Because it seems to agree <laughs> with a lot of what you're saying. Well, um,
1: now I think I think to be honest, you've highlighted a, a really good uh, strategy. If you if you're looking three days in advance, and a lot of the bookmakers are just adjusting their books and mm-hmm. not really looking over the shoulder and seeing what they oh what's he doing, what's he doing, you can get some cracking value at the moment. Um, you know, for, for for Friday and Saturday, um, at least you'll be ahead of the game with the price. I'm not saying you're back every winner, but you know you might get you might get five to one about a three to one shot. Mm. Um, and, and some, some nice each way value like we've highlighted perhaps with Sabuska. I think he'll go off nearly favourite, by the way, because now they, what they've done there, they've, they've adjusted the price, price for, for some, but they, have, they haven't taken into account that Montatham's gone and bagged the outside draw. Yeah. So he, he, even though he's he shortened up and gone in, uh, I, because of the draw, I think he should have gone out, yeah. um, whereas Sabuska should have gone in. So that, that, I don't think they've, they've tweaked it enough yet, but the market will have readjust itself by uh, race time
0: act fast and yeah that five to one best price with genting bet and bet victor for pablo escobar uh the last two races of the day i don't think there are prices up at the moment but we'll do what we normally do and just have a look through the runners and see uh if any should be flagged up we've got the nursery at 420 <laughs> over six furlongs uh, eight runners as it stands do any of these look particularly well handicapped to you
1: yeah well i think the golden nugget here um of backing top weight in in a nursery um, is never more relevant here with Zamani because I do think this is a weak nursery, George. The fact that Mm -hmm. the bottom one, Risqué, is only rated 68, tells you all you need to know. Um, It was a very slow time as well. Marcus Tragoning horse Perotti when he won here last time out over the course and distance, so I wouldn't really want to be looking to back him in a rush, but that Zamani comes out of all the best races. fifth on debut in that um, Eye of Heaven race, which has chucked up loads of winners. He got beat by Twasso next time out and went on to win the Woodcock. And then he lowered the colours on some good horses at Windsor next time out in a very fast time. Um, he's a quick action horse. He likes fast ground. The Chrisford horse is in good form. And I just think he's a cut above this lot. So I'd expect him to justify his uh, top weight
0: bracket. Do you reckon pretty short price, Fab, do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I'm choked. I've prices. I'd be six to four, seven to four if, if yeah. he gave me a tissue in front of me.
0: Um, if he's bigger than that, then I think that's value. So there you go, look for anything bigger than six, seven, and four about Zamani. Uh, and the last race of the day is the maiden fillies over six furlongs. Um, again, we have 11 runners here. Any, any any, that you're going to be kind of awaiting the prices with uh, with, with, anticipation?
1: Um, I thought um, Rhythm ran quite well on debut. Um, we'll get a chance to see that for him, Mike, because Miss Jingles, the winner, runs, mm. as I'm speaking now, on the Wednesday in, in a five-runner race. Uh, but he missed a break. He was towards the back, but he, I noticed him making some good late headwind in a race that was quite good on the figures. Um, and he's gone and bagged a good draw as well, still 10. So I'd be, I'd be quite keen on him. And that, those Hannon horses are taking a huge step forward first time to second. Uh, so that, that's another important factor. And Ryan Moore has been booked as well.
0: Rhythm there in the last race of the day. Hopefully, Andy, going to be getting in some good rhythm today at Goodwood, but we are previewing the Friday. And before I let you go, just going to ask you what your best bet um, of the races we've covered today would be at the prices currently, which if you could just bet one of them, who would you choose?
1: Um, I'd probably choose two, if that's all
0: right. One win, one each way. Can I allow that? Yeah, that's fine. I'd
1: say Sabuska each way would be my banker for the frame. That's seven to one. I don't think it'll last long. Four places. And my Oberon at uh, seven to two, if you could get that as well. Um, I think he'll probably
0: be five to two, nine to four on the day. There you have it, two to go to battle with. Thank you very much, Andy, as ever, for joining us on the Odds Checker podcast. And before we do go, make sure that you download the Odds Checker app for all the best prices, all the best bookie offers, all the best free bets, and the very best tipsters, Andy's tips, every single morning straight to the app around about nine o'clock. And uh, yeah, there's nowhere better to get them and to get on as well thanks again to Andy and make sure you enjoy the the racing hopefully a couple of winners in there but crucially please make sure you do gamble responsibly